0: Planning a mission trip for your group can be really hard, so we created a super simple process to make it easy. Learn more today at blueskymissions.org. You're listening to the Student Ministry Podcast. If you're a youth pastor, small group leader, college pastor, or even a parent, this podcast is for you. Whether you're looking for tools and resources, or encouragement and wisdom, You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, and welcome in to the Student Ministry Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the beautiful metropolis of Orlando, Florida thank you so much for taking a few minutes out to listen to this episode of the podcast we are quickly growing uh, in our listener base and so thank you so much for tuning in this is episode number seven so yes we are still a very young podcast um, and in this episode we're gonna be covering uh, the topic of how to train your leaders to engage with students we're gonna be giving you some kind of some tips and reminders some ideas and some things you can do to help you as you train your leaders uh, to engage invest in the lives uh, of students. So if you are a youth pastor, college pastor, uh, or if you're a leader of leaders of any kind, then this podcast is really going to be for you. It's going to be geared to, you know, to help you as you train your leaders. Uh, but of course, even if you're not a leader of leaders, but you are a leader or adult volunteer that is serving in student ministry of any kind, and you're seeking to invest in the lives of students, uh, there's no doubt that the ideas and some of the tips and things I, I mentioned herein are, are definitely going to be applicable and helpful for you as well. And so again, excited to dive into this content as we really tackle the importance of engaging with students and how we can do that more effectively before we actually dive into the content i want to take care of some business uh, right off the top you heard the intro uh, we talked about that mentioned uh, blue sky missions that's the organization i had the privilege of launching uh, several months back if you are a youth pastor or college pastor interested in taking your group on a mission trip but you're not quite sure how to do it i'd love to have a conversation with you and to see if whether or not uh, blue sky missions would be a fit for you check us out on the web blueskymissions.org one other thing I want to mention uh, before we dive into the content uh, is my other podcast. Uh, for those of you listening to this may be familiar with my other podcast. It's called Theology for the Rest of Us. Uh, again, a podcast designed to teach theology in a simple way for kind of regular folks, regular folks like you and I, or maybe you're not so regular, but I, I feel like I'm regular. Maybe you're extraordinary, but uh, I feel like I'm a relatively regular person. And, and so that was kind of my passion in launching this podcast. So I encourage you to check it out for yourself personally, or maybe you can use it as a resource to encourage your, your your youth and young adults to check out as they seek to you know learn more about God and study uh, different areas of theology you can check that out at theologyfortherestofus.com all right, let's dive into the uh, topic at hand and dialogue about engaging with students. And more specifically, how do we train our leaders to effectively engage with students? Now, uh, This is a near and dear to my heart because I think it's really important that we in student ministry are effective in engaging with students. What I mean by that is, is by really having connections, like not just having programs, but having relationships. And I'm not against programs, not against cool things, I'm not against doing edgy things. Uh, But I think we need to make sure that's never the priority. The priority or one of the greatest priorities in student ministry should be building relationships. We have caring adults building quality gospel-centric relationships, mentorships, you know, mentorship relationships with, you know, middle school, high school, college students with the purpose of pointing them to Jesus with the purpose of reinforcing the the the, the gospel centric biblical core values that you know that their parents might want that would want them to have you know being you know having relationships and being there for them in their greatest times of need and being a supplement to the you know to the dose of the gospel that they need to be disciples of Christ like ultimately much of what we do in student ministry ought to be Founded in this idea, where we engage with students, where we where we truly connect with them, we have eyeball to eyeball quality conversations, quality you know uh, friendship you know type conversations that build and build, so that we could have the type of relationships with them where we can challenge them and point them to Jesus. That that is ultimately what we ought to do. And tragically, many student ministries that I have been familiar with, many you know, many uh, youth groups and youth ministries, whether they be a part of parachurch ministries or whether they be uh, on college campuses or whether they be youth groups in local churches, whatever, I've seen a variety of different groups and ministries that are focused on a good program, a good service, having good stuff, doing cool things, and they spend a lot less time in, in getting their caring adults into the lives of young people like it just really if you're a youth pastor really consider how much time in the last year have you spent training your adult volunteers to, to engage with students, like, have you trained them and taught them on how to have a great conversation with a young person? Have you trained them on how to have conversations that can be more gospel-centric? Have you trained them to, to step into the lives of teenagers in a way that, that the teenager feels cared for in a Christ-honoring way? Like, have you really spent a chunk of time doing that, or have you spent more time on the cool video you show before your sermon? Again, I'm not against the video. I love cool videos. I think they can be used in a very effective way. However, they should not be a priority over training or caring adults to, to engage with students. Now, with this, this sort of goes without saying, but, but in order to train adults that care about students, we need to have adults that care about students. And so if you have not been on a recruiting binge to find other adults that, that are your age or older, that have as much or more wisdom than you do, um, that, that, that love God as much or more than you do, and that want to invest in students just as much or more than you do. Like, that's what you got to go find, recruit, train up. If you haven't spent a bulk of your time doing that, then, then my guess is over the long haul, you're going to have trouble really sustaining effective student ministry and that may sound like a harsh statement but that's just the reality like, if you really want to have a long-term impact in the lives of students that in a way that points them to jesus that will have a long-term impact if that's what you really want then you've got to have other adults in the mix and you've got to train them well and so what i try to go on, go out when i'm recruiting adult leaders i'm trying to find adult leaders that love jesus Right, they have they have some understanding of of the Bible. They don't have to be biblical experts. They Don't have to be seminarians. Okay, they they have to have some genuine affinity and love for Jesus and some genuine desire to to serve the body of Christ. Right, that's got to be there. Uh, I can't invent that or manufacture that in them. Um, they got to be teachable. They got to be willing to learn, and they got to be willing to engage with students. You know, in a in a real in a very intentional way. Like, those are the things got to have, and then. If I have that, I can train them and do a variety of things. So let me give you a a, a few thoughts and tips and kind of techniques, so to speak, uh, or things things to remember as you're seeking to train them up. Now, there's no doubt. That I bet there's many of you that are doing this really well. Like some of you listening to this are probably more well versed in this in some of these things than I am. And I know that many of you are probably have done a great job of kind of training up your peeps and and getting them to to really effectively engage with students. So hopefully maybe maybe I can offer you one or two things here that maybe you didn't know before, or maybe I can just be a good reminder. Maybe this episode can be a really good reminder. Uh, for you as you engage to do that Uh, but maybe for some of you maybe you've never really spent a lot of time training up leaders I want to want to challenge you to do that spend a lot of time uh, recruiting and training up leaders and I want to give you some uh, I want to give you some some basic thoughts on how how to do that effectively Um, you know typically when I've been a youth pastor Whenever someone comes into the fold, when I get an adult leader, you know, there'll be a college student that wants to work in, in, in youth ministry, in high school, middle school, or, you know, whether that's an older person, uh, you know, I don't mean to, 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 to be derogatory, but let's be honest, if we're talking about student ministry, if you're, if you're in your 30s or 40s, like I am, you're considered the old guy in the room in, in a lot of cases, right? And so... And so, you know, regardless of what the person's background is, I always want to take them through a systematic way of training. So, typically, when someone would come in in the midst, I would I would take them through a video uh, video training series. And so, I basically would say, okay, welcome to the fold. Like, you know, after I went through the interview process, of course, like right, I'd have coffee with them, or you know, bring them into the fold and really kind of make sure that they I felt like they were going to be a good fit for what we were doing. Um, get their kind of understanding of the Bible, theology, things of that nature. And maybe if there's a specific thing they need, I may give them a book they need to read. You know, hey, here's an area where your theology might be a little wonky. Let's get you reading this book and get that kind of worked out a little bit. Um, and then obviously you take them through the background check and all all the logistical things you got to do. So once you kind of got them in the fold, uh, here's what I would typically do. I'd take them through a video series, and I literally would send them an email that had you know about ten or twelve video links on YouTube that said, "Okay, here are the videos I want you to watch." And most of these videos would typically be anywhere from eight to 10 minutes. Some of these videos were videos that I recorded, me and maybe one of the guys I worked with, we would sit in front of a camera and record on a topic that we thought they needed to know about. Or sometimes it was a video that we found online somewhere and we found a YouTube video or we found some training video we thought was good. We got a, several videos from um, from the Orange curriculum, uh, Orange group, a uh, Rethink group. Actually, in fact, I've got a future podcast guest that's coming on to talk. One of the guys that works for Orange to talk about kind of some of their philosophies. But they've got some great, you know, training material for for leaders and small group leaders. And so I'd have them watch some of those videos, or maybe listen to a podcast. Um, sometimes I'd listen to a sermon. Like there's a There's a Francis Chan sermon that I often would, would give to leaders. There There's some There are some other sermons by some other preachers out there that I think many are some really great sermons. I want you to check these out and really investigate, you know, kind of learn from these. And then and then after they would go through the videos, I'd, I'd often follow up with them, have some have some dialogue, have some conversation. I mean, I'd really try to have a systematic approach to take them through everything they needed. And in that video series, I'd cover a whole host of things. I'd talk about social media, talk about some sticky issues, talk about some parental relationships. i talk about expectations, like what are they expected to do as a leader? Like you can't assume your people are going to know. You have to take them through a quality, systematic way to make sure they fully understand what you Expect of them and typically in that video series I almost have always had at least one video that I recorded um, With you know, w- where we really talk about how to engage with students like where I was training them On how to be effective in connecting with students when I say connect I mean like you meet a student and you start having Conversation with them in a way that is engaging um, you, you're able to you know Dialogue with them and you know t- to some extent keep that student's interest and and really let them know that you lo- that they lo- that you love them like that's really the most important thing like right? that that the student knows that they are cared for by these caring adults like that is the ultimate desire and so i would take them through some video series on how to really do that well and sometimes you have leaders that are naturally really good at it and sometimes they're not so good at it finding a way to kind of get them all up to speed is really valuable and so sometimes maybe one person need, need a little extra work need a little extra help maybe you spend some time with them one on one having coffee and kind of dialogue about that maybe you have them read a book there's a couple different, you know, there's a, great, a lot of great books out there that you can have them, you know, check out. So the bottom line is that I always made it a priority to train our leaders in how to engage with students. And so here are some of the areas that I think you need to make sure you remember. I'm going to give you eight areas to make sure you hit on when you are training your leaders and this is not the end-all be-all surely there's there's many other areas you can hit on there's a lot of other things that you probably are already doing to some extent but here's the eight areas that I always made sure I hit on whether whether it was a video series I was training people through or whether I was having one-on-one coffee with a leader and trying to dialogue and make sure they understood these are eight things I wanted to make sure that they fully grasp and, and so the number one thing that I would always communicate to to adult leaders particularly newer ones is to make sure that they knew that that one of their major goals was to quote unquote hang out with students now i don't mean hang out like in a friendship way but like but to be with students now this is actually more important i find if you're dealing with someone who's worked in student ministry outside of your context like a lot of times people have worked in student ministry in other churches or parachurch ministries and they don't they don't know necessarily what's expected of them. And so sometimes they may have been in a previous ministry where the expectation was you set up the chairs, right? or you do stuff. And I don't know how many times I've had conversations with adults that felt useless. Where they felt like they wasted their time showing up to the student ministry and end up quitting. And it was because I did a, I did a poor job of helping you understand, I don't need you to do stuff. I don't, I don't need that. Like if you want to do stuff, great, but I don't need you there for that. I need you here to engage with students. Now let me backtrack for a second. If you are a leader of leaders, let's say you're a youth pastor, you got a bunch of adult leaders serving under you. If the expectation you have of them is to do a bunch of stuff, I would challenge you to seriously and prayerfully consider whether or not you're wasting their time. Like, it, honestly, like, really ask yourself, am I wasting people's time by asking them to do stuff? Now, listen, there's a lot of stuff to do, so stuff's got to get done. I'm not saying don't have them do stuff. What I am saying is, Make sure that doing the stuff isn't the highest priority, but that engaging with students is the number one goal. For most of your adult leaders, when they show up on a, whether it be a Wednesday night or Sunday night, or maybe you're a, you know, you're a campus leader, like, you know, at an RUF or crew or something like that on a Thursday night, when your students show up on a Thursday night, or or, excuse me, when when your volunteers or your leaders show up on a Thursday night or Wednesday night, their number one goal ought not be just to do stuff. Stuff needs to get done, but it's always secondary to engaging with students. Now, maybe there's a handful of people that they show up and their primary job is to do stuff because there's just so much stuff to do, but that should not be the bulk, right? If you, you, got, you got 15, 20, or 25 adult leaders. Um, a handful of them should be there to do stuff. The rest of them should be there to hang out with students, connect with students. I remember not too long ago, you know, working, you know, serving as a youth pastor. And one of our adult leaders was driving from a very far distance. And when she showed up on Wednesday night. We ended up not having small groups that night. And we hadn't communicated it properly, which is our fault. Um, and so, you know, our structure was worship prayer uh, worship preaching and then small groups right after and we had adult leaders there to to lead small groups we ended up not having small groups that night she didn't know that and she felt like we disrespected we felt like she felt frustrated because she felt like it was a waste of time and she drove all day out there and didn't even use her there for that night and i remember thinking to myself man i have failed to communicate to this adult leader because she she clearly is missing like you're not here to run a small group you're here to engage with students so like whether you whether you have a small group or not, like before and after, you can still hang out and still engage with students. Like there are still things you could do, even if we cancel small group. And I and, know, and listen again. Sometimes I know that there are legitimate reasons. Like, hey, I had I was really busy, and if we weren't going to do small group, maybe maybe I could have you know. Skipped one Wednesday night or whatever, like there are valid reasons for that conversation. But the overarching theme of that conversation, when I walked away feeling like I had failed to communicate to this leader that the primary reason she was showing up Wednesdays was not just to lead a small group, but was to engage in students with students. And you engage with students in a variety of different ways. Leading a small group is just one way to do it. It's a very effective way to do it, no doubt, but it's not the only way. And, and so the, the number one thing, and I promise I'm not going to spend this much time on all eight of them, but the number one thing you must do is, is to, number one, make sure that in your mind, the priority is engaging with students and make sure that that priority is over the top, clearly communicated to your people. Make sure they know that if stuff doesn't get done nearly as well at the sacrifice of hanging out with students, that's okay. Like if for some reason that the slide doesn't get made properly or there's a hiccup in the service or the program and the hiccup is caused because you were hanging out with a student, I'm perfectly okay with that. Now, if the hiccup is called because you were just lazy or apathetic, that frustrates me and I'm not okay with that. But but if the hiccup is caused because you were engaging with a student or something doesn't get done, you know, fully because you were engaging with a student that needed you, listen, that is perfectly acceptable, Youth pastors, college pastors, challenge your people to understand that engaging with students is the highest priority. All right, I've got seven more to get through. I promise I won't take nearly as much time on each one from here on out, uh, but that one was really important to me. So number two, train your adults to look for new students. Now, this may seem obvious, but... um. But what I've learned is that people don't know how to do this naturally or they don't do it proactively. And so you should have some of your adults kind of planted in places where they can kind of run into new students, right? Like, you know whether whether you be a college ministry and you got a foyer there or you're a youth ministry you're in a youth group and you're kind of meeting in the in the lobby area of your church or, or whatever like before they're walking in have some adult leaders that are there that are looking for new students now make sure you train them on what to say like give them permission to go up to them and train them what they ought to say. Listen, don't assume they're going to do it unless you tell them, because they're not. And don't assume they know what to say, because they don't. That's okay. That's your job as leader to train the other leaders. Like, So we, we train our people. Don't, don't go to a student and say, hey, are you new here? <laughs> Why is pretty obvious if a student's been attending one or two years and, and that adult leader maybe just never met them that, that 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 student might feel like oh man they didn't even know who i was they didn't even know who, who i was they didn't know i was here they may make them feel unloved right like and so you know in my context we had 180 to 200 students or so and so I would train our people to say hey, listen go up to the students and and if you don't recognize them just say hey i don't think we've ever met before i'm sally i'm billy whatever right train them to do that tell them go up to the student, introduce yourself. Tell your people to do that. Train them to look for new people. And in in your context, it may be obvious who's new based on if you have a registration setup or if people are entering in a particular location or if people are walking around by themselves or people are kind of wandering, kind of look for those things. Train your people. Give them permission to approach those students and train them on what to say in, in the initial approach. Also, make sure that your adult leaders know where to send students if they need something, right? If someone, if, if a student shows up new and says, oh man, where do I sign up for summer camp? Well, make sure your adult leaders know where to sign up for adult, uh, for, for summer camp, or at least they ought to know which adult leaders they ought to go to. And again, this, this applies no matter what age group you're working with. Train your leaders to look for new peeps and to approach them in the most efficient and effective way possible. Number three, train your people to look for specific students. So in my most recent student ministry context, what we would often do is have, we had small groups, uh, as I mentioned a moment ago. And so we'd have, uh, you know, the, the song portion of wor- you know, uh, worship through song. We'd have the, the preaching segment, and then we'd have the small group segment. Well, when we assign small groups or you know, students in a small group to a leader, we would tell that leader, hey, listen, when you show up Wednesday night, look for your people look for those. And then sometimes if I knew a certain student was going to show up, a student was going to be there, but wasn't assigned to a small group, I would tell an adult leader, hey, look out for this student, right? And so um, if I saw that student walk in, I'd go to that leader, hey, here he is right there. Um, or if there was a registration table, I'd tell the registration people, hey, when this student gets here, make sure you tell so-and-so. I'd, I'd train them to look for specific people. Here are some of the reasons why I think this is really important. It's important because all people, whether it be high school students, college students, or adults we all tend to gravitate toward people that are similar to us or people that we find enjoyable. That's our natural bet. That's not bad or wrong. That is our natural human inclination, okay? And so... If a student walks in, if you have an if you have an adult leader who's in his mid to late twenties, and a high school student walks in the room, if that student is similar to him in personality, they will find each other. It's really amazing how this works out. You know, in you know, in the fifteen years I've been doing student ministry, it always seems to happen over the course of time. Or there are particular personalities that will find each other out if they enjoy one another. Right? There are particular types of people that I happen to maybe have more fun with than other types of people. Right? I'm not newsflash. Like I'm sure you know this, right? Surely you're thinking, hey, there are some people that are my best friends, and there are other people that I may like them, but I may not enjoy them as much as these other people. That's the reason why I hang out with these other people more. Like that's natural for lots of humans to do, but we want to we want to avoid doing that in a ministry context. So we tell our people, don't gravitate to the students that you like more than the other ones. Don't gravitate to the students that you that you are more similar to than the other ones. Gravitate to the ones that we assign you to. Side note: If you're the leader of leaders. Don't make those sort of assignments randomly or flippantly, all right? Be prayerful, be strategic, and make those, make sure you make those assignments with every bit of wisdom you have, because it will maximize your effectiveness as you make those assignments. Now, one other random thought tied to that is is the obstacle people often feel, adult leaders will feel, is that man, I'm not cool or I'm not relevant. And they're gonna they they sometimes are gonna wonder uh, you know, do those students really wanna talk to you? Tell them this. Yes the answer is yes the answer is a resounding yes okay if you don't tell your adult leaders this they may not know it so you have to tell them students do want to talk to you whether you're cool or not is irrelevant you may be the coolest person on the planet or you may not be cool at all it is irrelevant students want to talk to people, and students are always amazed that some adults wanna to talk to them. Like Think about this, for many students in many areas of their lives, they're not valued. They're not considered important because they're children in the eyes of many people. And, and in large part, they really are. But when you have a caring adult that steps in, reaches out to them, you'll be amazed how many students respond effectively to that. Uh, man, I, I know several adults that I would not label as cool at all, but they are loved by our students because those adults go out of their way to engage with those students. And so I think it's really important. Assign your people, challenge them, tell them to get past their feeling of not being cool and reach out to specific students. It will be very, very effective. Number four, make sure you tell your leaders not to gravitate toward other leaders. This kind of goes with number three, right? I don't know how many times I walk into a lobby and I'll see three or four of our adult leaders kind of hanging out together. And I, I sometimes will correct them in real time. I go up to them, kind of just pull them in like a little mini huddle. You got to make sure you got to be cordial and courteous, kind when you do this, gentle. I'm not always as gentle as I ought to be. Um, but you pull them and say, hey, guys. they go, hey, we have a little huddle going on right now, right? Yeah. Um, Hey, look around this circle. How many people are in the circle? Four. Uh, okay, how many? And then I say, how many of them are high school students? And they all look at each other. They go. Okay, and, they, and they, they, could, they kind of get the point. Like, oh yeah, go spread out. Don't hang out with other people. Listen, I love my adult leaders. I love so many of them. I love hanging out with them. I love connecting with them. But when when there are students in, around, that is not the time to do it. it you, know, you, you, you watch me in a youth ministry context. I'm never talking to other adults. I am always talking to a student. The only exception would be if it's a parent of a student that I'm seeking to engage with. It's really, really important. Make sure you tell your leaders not to gravitate one another. If you don't tell them to do that, if you if you don't address this proactively, you will find your leaders constantly gravitating toward one another. And even if you do effectively say it, you still might find them gravitating toward one another. So make sure that you that you really challenge them to to spread out. Okay. So you know the first four again are uh, make sure that they know hanging with students is a priority. Connecting with students is the highest priority. Number two, make sure that you know, you, you assign them or have them trained to look for new students to what to say and where to point those students to. Make sure you have a a, a process you know, for, for new students coming in and that all the adult leaders know that. Number three, have your adult leaders looking for specific students or specific type of students, making sure that they can get past their, their own obstacle of not feeling cool or relevant, but they are approaching students and seeking them out. Number four, make sure you tell them to not graduate gravitate to one another, really important. Number five, give them specific areas where they can connect with students. Don't assume that they'll know how to do this on their own. So for example, if you're training a new new leader and you're sitting with coffee or you're having a conversation with a new leader and you say, hey, make sure you find ways to look for students. Don't just say that. Tell them where to do it. Tell them, hey, the lobby experience, when the kids are coming in at registration, that's a great time to connect with them. don't assume your leaders are gonna realize, oh, that's the time to connect with them, right? You may say, connect and engage with students. They go, oh yeah, that sounds great, but they don't know. They may not know when to do that. So tell them, listen, hey, after a Wednesday night service, is a great time to connect with students, right? Um, hey man, hanging out after after a Wednesday night service, you know, a bunch of students go, hang out. Remember when I was in high school, we'd go hang out at Friendly's and get ice cream, or there was another restaurant we'd hang out off at called Nifty 50s, this old 50s styles cafe uh, with milkshakes, and uh, it was great, and I remember adult leaders showing up there and it being profound in my life because I would have we been having conversations. We do this at a local place in our local student ministry context here in Orlando. Uh, we would show up at this restaurant often called Tijuana Flats every Wednesday night. Our students go hang out at T Flats and, and, and I go hang out there. But sometimes adults didn't know to do that. And I would say, hey, listen. After Wednesday night service, if you've got time, why don't you go head over to t fights? I don't know how many times the adult goes, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. I didn't know that. See, they want to engage with students. They want to demonstrate the gospel to students, but they don't necessarily always know when when, and where to do it. Give them ideas. Like, think about the places where adults can connect with teenagers in your context, in your city, in your community. Make a list. Point them out. You should show up at those places and you should model that. Like, make sure you do that and you communicate with people. We're not showing up here just to hang out. We're, we're there to connect. And literally, I've done the same thing at Tijuana Flats as I've done in our church lobby. When I see adults gravitating, I go up to, at, the, at their T-Flats table and say, hey, how many people are sitting at this table? Oh, there's three of us. How many of them are high school students? Oh yeah, there's none. And then I'll point, see that table over there with four high school students and no adult? And watch you one of you guys just plop down over there and go sit down. And like literally, I would do. These are the type of coaching I would do for leaders, and it made a dramatic impact. And, and make sure you tell your people the importance of doing those sorts of things for the purpose of engagement. I remember one time I was walking out of a Wednesday night service after our youth group Wednesday night, and I'm walking to my car, and I I saw one of the other leaders in the parking lot, and I said that the leader said, "Hey, uh, tell me, uh, or, hey, you heading over to T Flats?" And the leader said to me, "Nah, I'm not hungry tonight. I'm gonna head home." And I thought, "You're you busy? Got anything else going on?" "Nah, I'm just not hungry." And my heart kind of sank, and I realized I had failed to explain to this leader the importance of showing up to T-flats on how effective it could be. I don't know how many pastoral conversations I've had with people because of T-flats. Like, I'd show up and I've had theology conversations. i show up and a student's like, hey, what do you think about this? What about the Bible in this area? Where I show up and a student's like, hey, I just broke up with my girlfriend. Or I remember I had a student sitting at, sitting at T-flats one night and begin to say, hey, you said this tonight in the sermon. I don't understand. And it was like something that was way wonky. And I'm like, I didn't say that in the sermon. And I was able to dialogue about why he interpreted it that way. I've had other conversations with students that say, man, I don't want to go home tonight because I just had to fight with my parents on the way to youth group tonight, and I don't know what to do. And, and like, those are conversations I may not otherwise have the opportunity to have unless I didn't show up to T-flats. Like, listen, I don't go to T-flats because I'm hungry. I go to T-flats because I want to engage with students. And that's the reason why I encourage all of our leaders to do it there were moments where I was fasting and I still showed up to T-flats on a Wednesday night and people didn't know. I was just hanging out and I get a water, you know, and just hang out and chit-chat because I wanted to be there. It's very important that you model for this as the leader of leaders to model this for your people, but also make sure you come up with a list of places that they can engage with students. Don't assume they're gonna come up with good ideas on their own. Number six, teach your adult leaders on how to model listening to a sermon. This is gonna sound really... In, you know, kind of odd to some people, but but like they should be sitting amongst students. They shouldn't be sitting in the back. Whenever I see seen adult leader sitting in the back, I go, hey, go sit up front. Go sit in the middle. Go sit amongst the students. You should be with, around teenagers, right? Or if you're in a college campus setting, you should be sitting around your, your college students, sitting with the students that you want to connect with, that you want to invest in. Sit next to them and model what it means to be a good sermon listener. Sit next to them. Take notes. Read the Bible verses going on Don't be on your phone playing with social media stuff, right? Like train your people to tell them these things these are the sort of things i would put in a video to train leaders because they may not realize it they may be fully engaged in a sermon but if they're on their phone it doesn't look like it it's a bad example to the to the high school student or even the the college freshman right and so i want to train my staff and leaders to actually be a good example on what it means to engage with a sermon my hope is that the people sitting next to them the students the high school middle school college students sitting next to them will learn how to learn from a sermon from the adult leaders that they're sitting next to we if we do this intentionally this could be a very effective tool in youth ministry that most of us probably never even considered number seven this kind of goes along with number six model what it means to worship in song right Listen, you should not be sitting in the back or having your own little personal quiet time in the qu- in the back. That's not that's not the purpose. Corporate singing songs in is a form of worship that we do corporately and we as the adults to model to the younger generation what it means to worship God in song. So we are amongst them, standing among them or sitting with them. And whatever corporate worship context looks like for you, be where they can learn from you what it means to worship. Now, you're not doing it as a show. You're not, look at me, raising my hands, look how spiritual I am. Like That's not the motive. And make sure you challenge your people. Listen, don't do it for that purpose. Like That's not the goal. But challenge your people to sit amongst them. Have all your leaders sitting and standing amongst your people, singing alongside of those students and modeling for them what it means to worship God. So there's a lot of students that walk into our student ministries and our college campuses that may have had great examples at home of what it means to worship. But let's be honest, we know that a lot of these guys have not had that in the course of their lives. And we have the opportunity to model for them things like how to be a good sermon listener and how to be a good worshiper during the song portion of the worship service. This is important because it's opportunities to model elements of our faith in front of students. And then number eight, the last thing is, encourage your leaders to talk to parents whenever they have the chance. If parents are dropping off their kids, you know, before youth group, connect with them. Whether it be Sunday morning service, whether it be hanging out at the kids' house in the parents' home, like whatever. Encourage your adult leaders to talk to the parents so they can get to know the parents so there's a trust level that could be built there. And we're gonna have some other podcast episodes in the future dealing specifically with parental relationships that are really, really, it's a really, really important part of, of student ministry, particularly if you're dealing with middle school, high school students, of course. But really encourage your people to talk to parents. Talk to other adults that know that student so we can learn more about them. And the more we know about that student, the better we could pastor them. The more we know about them, the more that we can challenge them and give them quality gospel-centric advice. The more we know a student, the more we can intervene and step into his or her life and point them to Jesus. These are the things we ought to be training our leaders. Don't assume they know these things. Actually, in fact, you should assume that they don't know these things and that you as the leader of leaders, you should be the one responsible to train them up in these things. So let me recap again all eight. These are things that you as the leader of leaders, as the, as the primary leader, should be teaching to your people. Number one, make sure that they know the priority is to engage and hang out with students, to connect with students. Number two, train them to look for new students and know how to engage with those new students. Number three, strategically and prayerfully assign them specific students or specific types of students to engage with and encourage them and challenge them to, to, to approach those students with confidence and boldness to get past their own fear of not being cool and know that students want to engage with them number four make sure leaders are not gravitating to one another but that they're really focused outward again on students number five make sure you give them specific areas and, and locations and times where they can uh, they can connect with students whether that be lobby experience or after service or different moments in their small group or times throughout the week outside of a Wednesday night or outside of a you know Sunday morning whatever you know your context is like look for places where they can connect with students don't assume that they'll know how to come up with that on their own. Number six, model for them, or teach your people. You know, challenge them to be a good model for the students on how to be a good sermon listener. Number seven, you know, challenge your your people on how to be a good uh, song worshiper or, or worshiper in song uh, throughout the course of a worship service. Make sure that your people know to sit amongst them and and to model what it means to worship Jesus in a, in a corporate setting. And number eight, encourage them and train them on how to connect with parents whenever they have the chance. And there you have it. Those are the eight items that I think we ought to be uh, doing as we as we seek to train our leaders to engage with students. I hope that was uh, helpful for you. Uh, before I let you go, I'm going to give you a, f- a few quick resources that I think you ought to check out as you yourself seek to engage with students and, and of course, as you're training up your other leaders uh, to be more effective in engaging with students you know, w- within your ministry context. The first resource I want to point you toward is, is an old book that many of you are probably already very familiar with uh, by Dale Carnegie. Carnegie. Carnegie, that classic book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, there are not many books ever written. Uh, that have the quality information in this book on how to connect with people, how to engage, how to have a quality uh, conversation, how to go beneath the surface, how to you know, how to have a conversation in a way that makes them feel valuable and how to then continually build, you know, your connections with people in a way that you have the ability to influence them. Now there's no doubt that some of these techniques, so to speak, have been used for, you know, by people for manipulative purposes, whether that be, you know, in some in, in different forms of sales or whether that be in, in just in personal relationships, but but overall if we use some of these techniques that Carnegie gives us for, for the purpose of pointing people to Jesus, I think that could be very effective in a lot of ways. So I encourage you to pick that book up. Or if you know someone you know, that, that may be struggling in student ministry or struggling to connect with students, I encourage you to pick that book up. Another book that I think is really, really good um, is a kind of a modern version of that book written by John Maxwell. Certainly many of you are very familiar with John Maxwell. He's really kind of considered a, one of the preeminent leadership gurus uh, of our time. He wrote a book called Winning with People that is really fantastic, gives some great philosophies on connecting with people as well as some great practical techniques on how to connect with people. Uh, John Maxwell does some really great stuff there to help you to help people really have connections and how to win influence with people in a way that you can point them toward the gospel. So those are two great books I highly would recommend. The third resource I wanna mention before I let you go uh, is a video that I actually recorded with me and uh, one of the guys I used to work with in student ministry quite closely. Uh, him and I uh, recorded a video that we would actually send out and early in this episode I talked about how we would send out a video series to our leaders well, there's, a, there's a YouTube video we record. It's about 14 minutes long, and it was one of the videos that was required watching by all of our people as they came into student ministry. And, and really, a lot of things I just talked about in this episode, um, I would, you know, I would talk about in that episode and kind of train them and teach them to do certain things. So I want to encourage you if you're interested, if you want to kind of see an example of what a video might look like, uh, you know, that you could send out to your people, you can check that out. I'll have the link to that video in the show notes. For this episode, you can head over to the website studentministrypodcast.com, uh, student dot look up episode seven, and you can see the link there the video. It's about four and to four, about fourteen minutes. You can see an example of the type of video that we would use. Or if you're interested, you could take that link and you could send it to your people, and you can say, "Hey, this is uh two guys who are youth pastors in Florida, and it's a great video." And you can you know you can just have them check it out. I, in fact, I do that quite frequently with other people's stuff, and I send it. So feel free to walk, you know, feel free to, to use that. Welcome to use that uh, in any context and. and you know, and whenever time you want, it's going to be on YouTube for as long as I'm alive and hopefully beyond. Um, So feel free to use that as a, as a resource. And that's it for episode number seven on how to train your leaders to engage with students. I sure hope this episode has been insightful and helpful to you. If you have a question or a topic that you would like me to address on this podcast, please feel free to shoot me an email. Or if you would like to be interviewed, maybe you've got some great piece of wisdom you want to share with the audience. Uh, or even if you know someone that you think would make a great interview guest, I'd also love to get an email from you. So anyone who has any ideas or feedback on, on episode topics or interview guests, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email, Ortiz at studentministrypodcast.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at studentministrypodcast.com. If you'd like to connect with me personally, the best place to do that is on Twitter. I'm kind of a -a tweetaholic. I love tweeting. Feel free to connect with me there. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. One other reminder to check out my other podcast, Theology for the Rest of Us, where we make theology super simple. We answer tough questions with easy answers. Check it out today at theologyfortherestofus.com. The intro and outro theme music for this episode has been Actionable by Ben Sound. I'm Kenny Ortiz and this has been the Student Ministry Podcast.